0: How's it, everyone? Uh, welcome to our new but old show. Um, we have now renamed the show Futurology, so you can follow us on the hashtag it's Brett Levian and uh, I have my favorite wingman, Brett Lindsay, with us as well today. Sup, sup. How you doing? Good, and you? We cool. thought a uh, futurologist, a uh, digital philosopher yeah, would be a, a p- great good way to start off the show. Good to hang out. Yeah, why not? Fantastic. Well, I think before we get too excited, uh, a little bit of a sad note. Um, uh, Mr. Marvin Minsky passed away today. Yeah. So for those of you that uh, don't know who he was, he was pretty much the pioneer of uh, artificial intelligence. Yeah, And uh, as a philosopher, you want to weigh in on that, Brett?
1: Oh, man. Well, what hasn't he done, what's he going to do is a uh, thing. I mean, a futurology... Well, he ain't be... waking up today. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. But uh, maybe his brain will keep living on in what he's shared with everybody else. But there's, a, I found a good article on the New York Times. And the, the first paragraph just says, Martin Min- Marvin Minsky, who combined a scientist's thirst for knowledge with a philosopher's quest for truth as a pioneering explorer of artificial intelligence, work that helped inspire the creation of the personal computer and the Internet. He was 88 when he died. So, that's pretty cool. Good innings. Yeah, that's and, a good uh, innings. Much I mean, better than
0: what England had today. Talk, talk about a legacy. I mean,
1: that guy's got something that's going to happen around for a while.
0: Yeah, no, Awesome. So, okay, that's enough with the sad stuff. We yep. had exciting stuff, sad stuff. But now, today we got a really, really cool show, even if I say so. Nice. So, sitting with us today is Steve Whitford from um, DGL, which is the Digital Gaming League, if Correct. I'm not mistaken. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. Um, Steve Basically We're talking about Gaming as a sport As a professional sport Correct? Yep Alright well Take us through it Give us a little bit of an overview Of what this this new Or not new But this trend is all about mm.
2: So DGL As you said Stands for Digital Gaming League And we just had a, a Launch last week uh, With Telkom uh, Who um, Backs the DGL And um, The launch basically Was about the professionalizing Of esports In South Africa and so Telcom announced a, a three-tiered kind of approach, um, right at the top, uh, working with the top multi-gaming organizations in the country, or MGOs, and there are eight of them, and they're going to be playing for a million rand in wow. cash a million sure. rand a million rand in cash um sure. so that's at the top and then underneath that there's going to be uh, a league uh, which will be a continuation of the previous do gaming league now rebranded as as the digital gaming league okay where we had about 6000 gamers before so that's kind of your mid tier mid to high tier gamer and then underneath that we're going to have a more casual uh opportunity for guys who're just getting into playing other people online to get into teams um, you know, get, come to grips with what it is to play online, be competitive online. So that's what we announced. Yeah, that's what we announced last week, and uh, announced the eight MGOs. Um, five Joburg-based, three Cape Town-based. Although they've got players all over the country, and uh, yeah, they're going to be competing towards the end of the year for in a, in a tournament for a million rand in cash.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So before we continue, I just want to also remind everyone the, um the phone number to get us on the studio is oh eight six one. Five 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 one eight nine, or you can hit us up on Twitter at cliffcentral.com, or through Facebook or through WeChat on Cliff Central. But I think um, you know, everyone thinks of games and, and gaming and that. Um, we have a we have another little surprise there. But before I announce that. I did a little bit of research into it preparing for today's show, and I see that last year in the US, this was a $750 million industry, this, this professional game sports. Mm. And the guy or the team, I'm, I wasn't sure which way I, I read it, that one last year got eighteen—one 8 million dollars.
2: Yeah, so it was, uh, it was 18 million dollars in total for okay. a, a competition called the International Five, which is a Dota 2 tournament. It's so about eighteen point eight million US dollars, and that was for the whole tournament. There were sixteen teams which participated, and that came down to, uh, to a final uh, between you know, uh, um, which evil uh, team called Evil Geniuses won, and they took home six point six million US
0: dollars in cash between five of them. Sure. That's incredible. That's right. So, enough of the teasing. Um, I said we have something really special lined up today and we do. Um, we have got all the way from the United Kingdom via Skype, Mr. Paul Chalona. Um, Steve, you've had the privilege of meeting Paul. Um, his hashtag or his handle is also known as at Red yeah. for those in the in the gaming industry and in the know. Um yeah, let's let's bring him on the line and um, let's say how's it to the really cold United Kingdom.
3: How you doing, guys? How's it going? Yeah, very good. Yeah, and it is very cold here, unfortunately. I've returned to sub-zero temperatures.
0: (laughs) Well, we didn't ask you to leave, Paul. You could have stayed. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to have stayed. Thank you so much for making the time to join us today. Um, I don't know if you you got to hear any of what we were chatting about briefly. I did, yeah. I mean, we're all blown away hearing these type of numbers and and, uh, the figures and, and the prize money. And I mean, before we get into the details, you know, I remember as a... As a kid, when I, you know, when my, my parents said to me, so what do you want to be when you're older? If I answered accountant or lawyer, that was awesome. If I'd said like painter or rock star or, or surfer, cause I, I come from the coast, I would have been sent to my room, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, what happens if my son comes to me and he says, you know, I, I want to be a gamer. Um, you know, how do we handle that?
3: I think it's a good question. Uh, and it's going to be a question that I think the next generation of parents will have to answer. Um, but I think, you know, I think I, I said this to uh, to NCA last week is, you know, I think when I was five, I wanted to be a national. By the time I was seven, I wanted to be a pop star. And by the time I was nine, I wanted to be a professional footballer. And all all three of those are fairly unrealistic um, jobs to aspire to. But it's great to have dreams, right? So you, you don't want to knock the kids for having dreams, but you want to make them realistic and, and understand that, you know, even in football, which, you know, 60, 70, 100,000, Professional players in the world, it's still a very niche job. So you want to make sure that they're they're being realistic with what they can uh, what they can achieve, but at the same time you don't want to dampen their dreams. So I I don't see being a professional video gamer as being any different to aspire to 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 a professional footballer.
0: Well, I yeah, given the given the numbers uh, that that's been thrown around now with Steve in studio, say hi, Steve. How are you, Paul? (laughs) How you
3: doing, Steve? Long time no see. Yeah, it's been ages. (laughs) At least, what, three days? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: you know, I actually see that a question that's come through is, can you make a career in gaming? And we, we know that. In fact, uh, there's a call that's already come through, a guy by the name of Andrew, um, who's dying to talk to you, Paul. Can I, can I connect him quickly? Sure. Andrew?
4: Hello? Hi. Hi, Andrew. How's
0: Hi. it going? Fine,
3: yourself.
0: Good, thanks. You're live on Futurology and uh, Paul is listening.
4: Hey
3: Andrew, how you doing? Always good,
4: man. Always good.
3: Good.
0: It's a talk show, Andrew. You need to talk. <laughs> Have you still got him? You there?
4: Yeah, I'm um, here. Yeah.
0: Cool. Ask your question.
4: <laughs> um, I it's a. I just want to ask you one thing because you're one of the greatest casters, commentators I've, I've ever listened to, and I've, I've always followed. You know, goes with Anders and all those type of guys. Um, what do you think is the possibility that South Africa will ever be able to host something like of Napoka, Yes, uh, the whole type of tournaments in South Africa for international players like Navi and Fnatic, and even Nip to come and participate in South Africa.
3: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know the answer um, fully, but I can I can tell you that I don't think it's that far away um i think that you as an industry in south africa are further forward than you perhaps think you are um and i think there's a lot of teams and tournament runners that would like to come and visit south africa at some point and as as video gaming and esports grows and gets bigger it needs to be truly global if it's going to succeed and mm-hmm. to do that it needs to come to south america it needs to come to australia it needs to come to south africa so uh, i see a future where you know you are going to see some of these top stars and top celebrities coming out to South Africa?
4: I think that's actually quite, uh, I think most of the gamers in South Africa, one of their dreams to actually win they play in tournaments, just as local people, the international guys as well. Obviously, our skill level in South Africa is on a different platform than international guys, but I think what the uh, Digital Gaming League is doing now is actually building a nice platform for us. So I would just like to say from all of the gamers, Thanks to your guys' input, thanks for Telcom for making this possible to actually get onto the platform and and try to get international viewers also interested in South African gaming. Mm.
0: Steve, you want to weigh in on that? I mean, you've probably met some of the local guys as well to see what kind of level we're on. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, after the
2: the noise last last week... uh, um a journalist uh, contacted us and one of the questions was when will South African gamers be able to go overseas and the answer was well they went overseas in 2002 you know so and and many teams since um and i think having chatted to you, i think most of those guys who've gone and come back and and to, you know talk to them about um what the experience was like um the the main comment i guess has been that on a skill level, um, we, com- we compare favorably when it comes to how fast you can click to shoot or how fast you can move around the map or whatever it is. however, um, I think the, the nature of where we are in the world um, um, when it comes to you know things like lag and being delayed in being able to yeah. our gamers to, to to interact with other gamers in a game. Um, has as in the past. I mean that it's been difficult for our players to play against other players uh, in the rest of the world, and and the result of that is that, to some degree, we have a, a rather insular have had a rather insular gaming community that certainly plays each other more than they play outside players. And so the comment was that that came again and again was that that our guys aren't aware aren't exposed to the kind of tactics they see. You know, the, the strategies, um, the team dynamics, the team play, those kinds of things. And that's just a, you know, that's just a process of guys of exposure of, um, players being able to get overseas, play more overseas and be exposed to, to that kind of, um, environment to be able to bring that back. And, and the teams that have gone have done that, and brought that back and, and, and been able to kind of deposit to other gamers locally, like, how, how teams overseas play, what their strategies are, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think we've been around esports for a long time, um, but we've been, in a sense, isolated, um, to a degree. Um, but yeah, it's changing. Teams are getting overseas more and more often.
0: Cool. Andrew, does that, uh, answer some of your questions?
4: Yes, definitely. Fantastic. Thanks so for the
0: opportunity. No, a pleasure, man. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Cheers, eh? Bye.
4: I actually have a question Yeah If I wanna be a gamer mm. But you're uh, a player already man <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Thanks Brad But if I do And mm. I wanna be a gamer Who do I speak to Where do I go How can I
2: Well I think there um, There's a process of getting involved And if you look at If you look at the I guess the, the journey of a gamer um, And how that might happen um, You're either gonna buy a game Like say FIFA mm mm-hmm. Uh, in, you know, BT games or wherever, um or you're gonna download it onto your console and you're gonna start playing and you're probably play, if you're playing console and you're playing if you're pro- you probably have friends around, you start competing. So you get a, a feel for it and a flavor for it. Um, and then, you know, if you, if you're gonna download a, you know, a game like Counter-Strike uh, or Dota 2, you're gonna download it onto your computer. And you have opportunity to start playing and playing online playing against local players kind of kind of starting to orientate so I think the first step is you need to start playing and you need to start playing against other people once you kind of started doing that then you're going to uh, and you need to kind of orientate yourself within an online context of where are gamers on Facebook how do you find them what are the groups that kind of stuff once you start doing that, you start finding opportunity to play you know say find guys who are in the same position as you and so then I think it's
0: it's basically just putting yourself out there. Yeah, you put yourself
2: out there and then you go from there. You find guys to play with and then you start forming a team and then you start looking for opportunity to enter and so you go.
0: Cool. Paul, you still with us? Absolutely. Cool. I've got a I see a call's coming through which I'm gonna answer. Um, and then I've got a question that I – oh, we've lost it. Cool. So I got a question for you. And uh basically um we talk about gaming and professional gaming now. If I if I take a step back and go into the physical world, and I, and I hate using that word, being a digital person, but you know some people aspire to be rugby players or soccer players or tennis players, whatever, whatever the sport is. And I use the word sport as you know the, the the genre. Is there a specific game you have to get into? And why I mean that is, and I'm not embarrassed to say it, I love Angry Birds. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing a lot of things <laughs> you see, okay, but I'm saying it out there, and I'm on, and I'm doing it publicly. But I enjoy Angry Birds, and I think I'm pretty good at it, and I figured out how to make those damn pigs disappear. But other guys play Counter Strike. Other people play sure. FIFA. You mentioned FIFA, like soccer. I mean, mm. that takes a lot of skill. How does this esports world? Um, how does this esports world evolve? Um, okay.
3: So the easiest way of explaining this to to people who I mean, because there are two billion people on planet earth right now playing games okay my nan plays games she's in her 80s two billion that plays games there are two billion what people playing video games right okay Wow. not all of them aspire to be playing on a stage in front of ten thousand people or millions of people on on tv i understand that and it's the same with any other sport right i can go and pick up a ball and i can go down the park with some some jumpers and put down some goalposts and we can have some fun and i'm, I'm not very good at it but i'll have fun I don't aspire to go and play for Manchester United, and frankly, who should or would? Um,
0: just <laughs> we gonna team, go, you know, are we going to go into a different discussion like. now? <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, before we drift off into, you know, slandering other football teams, I'll bring it back to this. Think of esports more like the Olympic Games or athletics rather than a sport, because you're right. One sport is football, rugby, cricket, whatever. And don't talk about the cricket today, please. Um,
0: sorry, don't talk about the what pool. Don't, don't, uh, we, don't talk about the cricket. Uh, okay. please, the cricket please. That, that we fought. I'm sorry, I'm
3: sorry. I'm wearing a boxed shirt right now, thanks to Steve. Good um, on you.
0: Well done, Steve. Yeah. So is he, incidentally. Um, He's sitting here wearing a box shirt as well.
3: <laughs> Good. Um, so, yeah, so think of it more like, um, you know, if an Olympics Games uh, or, uh, or uh, an athletics meet, because there are several disciplines within that, isn't there? You know, you, you've got 100 meters, you've got the long jump, you've got shot put, you've got javelin, you've got marathon running. And they're all very different. And it's very, very rare that one one person will have the skills or the requisite skills to compete in all of those at an even level. Uh, arguably, you've got the decathlon, and I understand that. But let's just pull that aside. There are different disciplines. They require different you know, different levels of stamina, fitness, uh, muscle builds, and all different things, activities, and actions. Right. And that's very like it is for me in eSports. So within eSports, you've got Counter-Strike. That's a first-person shooter. Well, you've also got Call of Duty, but that's also a first-person shooter. So they're very similar, but they may take slightly different skills. But the basics are very very much the same. So you could swap between those games. Okay. Unlikely, however, that you're a very, very excellent first-person shooter player like a counter-strike player who could then transition to something like Dota or StarCraft or League of Legends because those are completely different it's it's the equivalent of saying uh, Usain Bolt is brilliant at the 100 meters he should totally throw a javelin
0: <laughs>
3: well that was my point though that's what yeah, i was trying to get and, to is and that- so, but that's fine because you know, there are plenty of professional c- competitors in League of Legends mm-hmm. and there are plenty in counter-strike now not every game is going to reach the kind of audiences or participation levels that that other games do so right now the top three games are counter-strike league of legends and dota 2 and just behind that are a whole load of other games including starcraft and call of duty they're all there right and they're all very popular and they've all got lots of people watching but likewise there's lots of like, i play rocket league right which is a tremendously brilliant game lots of fun I have no aspiration to be a world champion in it, but it's a lot of fun to play. And I know that there are thousands of other people playing Rocket League at the same time. There is a small set of leagues going on and a small set of cups. But how many people are tuning in? Not many. Does that make it any less legitimate? I don't think so.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the
3: same with any other sport. You know, you, you've got lots of people watching the cricket and the rugby and the football. But how many people are watching darts every year? Mm-hmm. Not many. But I can tell you, I really enjoy watching the darts over Christmas.
2: Yeah, so esports isn't one thing. Esports is many things. So you've got guys okay. driving around in tanks shooting at each other in a game. Then you've got guys playing FIFA. Then you've got um, guys running around controlling little characters on the screen. Uh in a in you know, in a MOBA genre, two first person shooters. So in in many ways all of those things are their own kind of um genre, mm. just as soccer and football are different. So yeah. esports is a blanket umbrella that, that covers a, a plethora of games and but I think what Yeah, Paul. What would be really interesting is if you can just kind of detail, uh, as you have done at the launch, just um, what an esports gamer looks like. Because I think that shatters some stereotypes that uh, people might have.
3: Yeah, because you know we we have grown up with video. I'm you know I was a video gamer in the '80s and played for fun and never never expected it to kind of grow to this level with leagues and competitions. Um, But I think there is a and it's fading fast. Actually, to be fair, it's fading fast. Ten years ago, I was often asked, "Oh, you're a, you're a professional video game commentator? How weird!" It um, <laughs> I, I does, no get-
0: <laughs> does sound weird when you say it like <laughs> but that. I,
3: but I don't, I don't get asked that very often anymore. <laughs> it's kind of except, Oh, you, oh, you, you commentate on video games. Oh, cool. That sounds like a really great job. Um, and likewise with the players. You know, these players aren't aren't overweight, um, deprived of sun, living in the basement, uh, and playing video games for fifteen hours a day. You uh, say the, they're these not.
0: Are, so these are not. Hmm.
3: No, they the are. And I think that's often where you think of video game players as if they're addicted to video games, as if they're you know these really unhealthy, unfit people. And and there probably are people out there like that. But that's not what esports is. The, these players are looking for minute edges to make them better than the next player that they play, and they play at such a high level that. It is very difficult for us to understand what an edge is that would give them. So an edge could be that that morning their dietitian has said to them, "Okay, guys, we, we're playing at two o'clock this afternoon, so I want you all this morning to have a fish breakfast. I think it's going to make you, it's going to invigorate you, it's going to make you feel fresh, it's going to be focused, uh, it's brain food, I allow you to have the right reactions. I don't want you to drink any power drinks this morning. I want you to drink water. You know, those are the kind of things they're looking at now to try and figure out how can we have just a minute edge." against the team that we're about to play. And there are lots of other things involved, you know, tactics, strategy, aim, position, uh, all of the different skills that they need to play the game. But that's almost a, a given. Mm. It's the same in football, you know. I'm sure Lionel Messi doesn't get a lecture before he goes out into the pitch that says, mate, if you could just kick the ball really well and uh, run with it a couple of times. And if you, when you <laughs> run, please don't look down at the ball. Can you just look straight ahead? Because that's much better. I'm pretty sure he doesn't get coached mm. like that. Yeah. Because he already knows how to do those things. They're a given. The sort of things he's given is, you know, nutrition control and water control and breathing exercises and all sorts of other different things that are going to help him deliver his absolute best on the day. Yeah. And that's no different to esports players. So these guys are young, they're healthy, they're fit, you know, and they're going to the gym on a regular basis because they understand fit body, fit mind, and that, again, relates to better reaction times um, and so on. So... It's a world away from you know when we think of the you know the overweight player sitting in the basement not not coming up for air.
4: Yeah.
0: So I mean, basically, that's, you know as you say, there's a stereotype, and you see the the nerd persona as such. But I mean, these guys are now our future rock stars. I mean, they are. They're,
3: they're our already current already rock are. stars. Go come. and check yeah. out YouTube right now. Mm. You know, I was talking to uh, Enzo Scarcello's children, uh, who came to the launch event. Enzo is the CMO for Telcom. He he brought his children along. And his son was chatting to me backstage, and, and, you know, I said to him, you know, who are your heroes? Who do who you to love? Who do you love watching? And he said, you know, I, lo- I really love PewDiePie, and I really love tuning into KSI. And you guys might not have ever heard of those guys, but they're massive YouTube stars that play video games. They are the rock stars of today. Mm.
0: So when you say, you know, they're YouTube stars, so they do they hook up their console or their game, and then people yep. sit there and watch it yep. via YouTube? Absolute. Or is it done via Portal? Absolutely.
3: Yeah, and, and they're, they're more the entertainment side of, of video games rather than the, you know, yeah. strictly competitive side of esports, but they're still part of our realm. They're still part of our, our, um, our world. Um, and they're, and they're worshipped by young people mm-hmm. now because young people don't watch television the way we used to. I, I do remember my mum would say to me, Paul, if you're going down the park to play football, make sure you're back at seven o'clock because Star Wars is on BBC One. And if you're not back on time, it's not going to be on ever again. You're going to miss it. That's the world i lived in it's, yeah, we, we live in a world which is on demand it's wherever we want it to be it 's on whatever we want it to be we 're connected and and today 's young children are very savvy about that kind of stuff and the, you know they, they don't they don't care about v h s cassettes or um you know tapes or even vinyl, you yeah. know, that they live in a very digital world where they can get whatever they want when they want it. And esports is, is actually on the cusp of that. It's almost leading the way in many ways for video game streaming over the last 10 years.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I was just thinking about when I, I came across something else on YouTube as well with these guys commentate as such, you know, they're busy showing other people, um, how they got through a smoke grenade or yep. they can use the, the knife, I don't, a bowie knife or whatever and how you, you know, how to throw it. Does that fit more on, on your side, Paul, as a as a commentator, or are these actually players? I think the names I saw They're was Martin, players. like 2Martin yeah. or something, and Tamer, Tem, uh, I don't know, it was weird names. Did you see any of those names, Brett?
1: I've seen a few of the names that have been there. It's been quite interesting looking at uh, doing some research, Paul, I'm trying to get used to the guy that is, uh, sure. or get, get more information about the guy that is red-eye and uh, what you do, but... Uh, <laughs> I've seen some of the the more humorous things that people don't really expect from an e-gaming solution. I mean, you've had streaking in the in the Copenhagen games, and yes. you get guys taking their clothes off, and it's, it's yes. just something you don't think of a streaking in a virtual space. But these no. guys take it to a level. I mean, it really is a sports in every sense of the uh, yeah. The
3: I mean, that's, that's the point, isn't it? It has all of the different aspects that most sports have, and including training videos. Yeah. Um, I think the difference is for us is that. Um, fans are so much more closer to the personalities, the celebrities, and the players, and that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, and it's very difficult to go, go to a Formula 1 race these days and actually meet these, these superstar Formula 1 drivers because they're so... Molly coddled and, and shut off from everyone and it's such an exclusive arena yeah uh, one of the things i love about this particular sport is that everyone's so close i can go on twitter right now and i can send a tweet to a, an esports star and the likelihood is there's a, there's a higher chance that he's going to reply he's connected to That's it, it's amazing and,
0: yeah mm. paul i'm going to put you on hold for one second we got to sure. pay the bills quickly and uh, i want to pick up on that same thing about twitter
3: When you're in the back seat with four multicolored aliens and a talking pair, you don't ask questions. Questions like, where are we going anyway?
4: Can I have another cookie? Mom, are we there yet?
3: Because when you can watch Teletubbies, Winnie the Pooh, and all the best kid shows online anytime for 99 Rand a month with Showmax, a long road trip goes by a whole lot faster. So get to Showmax.com and get your seven-day free trial.
4: This is Cliffcentral.com.
1: Back with the Futurology. We're here with uh, the two Brits and uh, the guys from DGL South Africa talking about gaming. And we've got Paul Chalanov, the red eye commentator for more than a decade. And I think that's phenomenal. Paul, if you're still there. Yeah. The fact that you've been doing this as a career for a decade now is something that uh, most people don't actually have any sort of perspective of. Um, How was it in the early days? How has it changed? And um, we'll, when we, after you've answered that, we'll dispel some of the stigmas around gaming today.
3: Sure. Um, it's changed an awful lot, as you'd probably expect. And, you know, esports has now become um, very mainstream now. It's talked about in the press and the news. It's on national TV and, and what have you. So it's very different to what it was 10 years ago. Yeah. I think um best analogy I can give you was that 10 years ago, I, I paid £800 for a flight to fly out to Dallas um, and paid my own way to the tournament. Didn't get paid to go and commentate at it, and instead... Um, went for three days and commentated at QuakeCon in Dallas, uh, for free and on my own dime, uh, just to prove that it was something that the tournament should have. That's awesome. Um, because people would enjoy the games more, they'd appreciate the player's skill more, um, and we we're there to, to tell a story, you That's know, as any commentator in any sport is. So, um, we, in the early days, many of us, I think there were, you know, there weren't many, probably a dozen of us trying to do this kind of stuff and, um, we were, in a way, and I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but we were very much the trailblazers of what mm-hmm. we now have because we had to prove the concept first. It sounds almost extraordinary now that it, it, I mean it's the equivalent of saying we never had commentators at Premier League football matches, and we just uh, they just aired the aired the match, and you got to watch it without mm-hmm. them. We'd, we'd lose so much, wouldn't we, of the passion and the. Um, excitement around a great goal or a a great piece of play and and that's no different for esports so we've come an awful long way
1: yeah
3: um and and most of the time i was i was doing i mean in 2002 i was doing internet radio using a winamp plugin um and (laughs) and commentating games to 50 or 100 people (laughs) Mm. and now i'm standing in madison square garden going out to five thousand people in the audience or ten thousand people in the audience and, and millions of people around the world live on uh, IPTV or on the ESPN or Sky or BBC. It's it's an, it's an incredible change.
0: Yeah, I'm just listening to this, and, and, and the whole reason I wanted to do this show today is because yeah, it's kind of just blowing up. You know, we've always thought of games as something you do in a recreational environment. I mean, I remember when the the game Splinter Cell came out. Um, yep. That was what I call PK, which was before my son was born, and um, I had time to play games. I think I, I have a, a Sony PlayStation <laughs> Two. And, um, my wife would find me asleep in the chair, still holding onto the wireless remote, because I wasn't prepared to give up until I got through, you know, whatever that level was that I was doing. Uh. But, you know, so what this has done is it's actually said to anyone, you know, you can be a rock star. Here's a new medium to be a rock star in. But the one thing that I'd like to find out, and I I didn't really see anything online, what's happening with young girls? Um, are we seeing, like, like, I don't want to say we're going out there to try and encourage girls to play games, but are we seeing girls coming to the fray? Are they, you know, because it's not a physical thing anymore? They don't yeah. have to be physically stronger than the guys to beat them at rugby. Um, their fingers and thumbs have to work faster and quicker. Mm,
3: it's a it's a great question and i it's one I'm, i'm very passionate about as well it's um we do have a number of ladies playing at a high level in a number of different games and and being very successful as well they aren't as prevalent it's absolutely true but i think it's it's more historical more than anything else i think we for whatever reason our previous generation um you know a lot of the boys gravitated naturally towards video games and a lot of the girls didn't and I think we're now seeing that, unfortunately, because it means we've got less girls playing. But if you look at studies in America on general casual gaming, there are actually more women playing video games in America than there are men. So it's changing very fast. you need to find some of these (laughs) girls. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, And and, and because it's changing, I think what we'll see now over the coming few years, and I really do hope that we do, is that we'll see more women competing in the top ends of esports. We've just had the first uh, female playing in the LCS, for instance which is the European League for uh, League of Legends which Riot Games run and um that's fantastic we we finally see a breakthrough and and it, and it will be aspirational to other women that are playing video games at a high level that that they can make it as well because as you rightly said physically there's no reason that we can't compete on a, on an even scale um Correct. so you know I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more more women involved and, and as I said some of the most successful um people in esports are women so okay it's, it's great.
0: A question's just come through, here, which I didn't even think of. You know, because these games are played in teams, and you've got these mm. these leagues and teams. Are we are we currently seeing, or are we going to see this whole buying and selling of players? You know, like with soccer teams. It's already and, begun. Yeah, it's begun. Yeah,
3: yeah it's already begun. Um, you know, big story this week is Phase uh, Gaming, who've bought out a Counter Strike team. Uh, allegedly, it's for. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, we've seen League of Legends teams bought up for more than a million dollars to go and play in the leagues in the US. Um, wow. Conglomerates of sports companies and sports teams who are now looking at different teams in esports as to how they can sign them up and, pu- and make them part of their team uh, wow. as an organization. So it's already begun. Sure. A,
2: a Russian, one of Russia's wealthiest men, wanted to plow, I think it was 100 million into. One of the esports team That's over the time, Pro. Virtus, Virtus Pro, yeah, wow. over time. So, <laughs> and we've even locally, you know, we, we may not have that kind of an environment, but we've we've already built in transfer leagues, uh, transfer windows into into the leagues, so that you know, as this kind of scenario happens, that the, the movements of players, uh, you know, within the masters, within the DGL, is governed, um, so that as players move and and that kind of stuff, that there there are. Things in place to govern how players move from one one side to another, so it's it's on its way.
1: The thing that I love about gaming, and it's it's always been the the driving force behind new innovation and in tech. Uh, it's always been the, the reason for people to get better resolution screens, to get a faster, a, a more accurate mouse, and uh, to get better processing and all that. Um, it's seems like it's going to do the same thing to the sports world as well i mean there's so much analytics available behind these these games how many shots were fired what was the accuracy rate who was your best player like immediately real-time data and it seems like there's an opportunity now that the gaming environment moving into more of a sports focused thing is going to actually start innovating the sports the way sports are reported as well
2: and what's exciting about that is we've we've even seen south africans playing on that statistical front. so one of the guys, um, Ben Knoxville-Stiernhason, you know, has worked with Paul overseas as a statistician, you know, at some of the big, big events. So, and, uh, and, and also on the, on the shoutcasting front, you know, we have a guy called uh, Trevor Quickshot Henry. He was, uh, one of Quick our shot. Top, one of our best gamers in, in COD and, uh, led a local team and, uh, went overseas, got a shoutcasting job and now, you know, is one of the top shoutcasters in, in League of Legends. Um, Shoutcasting to to millions of people. Just you know?
0: explain what shoutcasting is to to those that don't know.
2: Well, um, Paul, why don't you tell the shoutcasting Shout- how it came about?
3: Sorry. So, so a shoutcaster is usually shortened to just caster these days, but it's basically a commentator. So, you know, when you when you think of football commentators that commentate the game itself and take you through the action, mm-hmm. um, we generally call them shoutcasters. It's a historical thing uh, uh, for those that are as old as I am. Uh, when we first commentated, we used Winamp. Uh, Media player, and it had a thing called a Shoutcast plugin, which you could then use to stream on internet radio. So we became Shoutcasters by de facto. Mm. So it's the same as
0: it's all referred to people as disc jockeys, even though there's no discs that are. Indeed. Okay, cool. Yeah.
2: And it's so it's, it's, you know, what you would see in in cricket or rugby. And this guy's. Paul plays a different kind of role now, he's more of a host. So, more like you know, in the rugby, and um, you see like you know um if you' you know watching the box play or whatever, then you know an sports uh, and those guys are the experts, and then there's the host um and so Paul will play more of that role either there or on the stage, actually in the stadium and and that kind of stuff, so it's like really, and they've got. Along with that they'll have different roles. They'll have the guy who nabs the player as he come out almost like on the on the pitch kind of guy. Yeah. As you would have in rugby. They've got guys like that. So they'll grab the players as they come out for a quick update. So I mean some of the production teams that guys like Paul work with, I mean, you know, go up, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy, and then in a full size organization like in you know, a big event like Intel Extreme Masters, I mean, I think Paul said is working with up to, you know, six hundred people in an event. So it's, it's a massive, like, massive organization that puts together high quality broadcasting and the viewership figures. I mean, in, in the finals of LOL last year, they had 14 million concurrent viewers watching that game.
0: <laughs> 14 million.
2: Yeah. And, uh, 36 million, I think watched over the duration of the tournament and I think 58 million watched the, du- to the duration of, of that $18 million tournament. So, so the figures are staggering. These numbers,
0: mm-hmm. they met. I mean, Brett, but you real. go to a rugby game, like at Ellis you Park... You can't fit them all into that what, stadium. 60,000 people or something. Yeah. You're talking 14 million. Um, yeah. I mean,
3: also, I just want to say on the end of that, because you brought up rugby, that 14 <laughs> well, million... I didn't bring up league cricket on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the 14 million that watched League of Legends uh, World Finals last year, that's more than we get watching rugby in our league system on TV in the UK for the whole season. Yeah. Wow. Just so, to give you a perspective.
0: So you've you've... Maybe think of something else and we talk about watching it. And I, and I mentioned earlier and you said we watch it on YouTube and Portal. Now, the the, the commercial side of me says, how do I make money letting people yeah. watch eSports? You know, if it's on YouTube, it's free. Or yeah. is it the same model as anything else on YouTube? Like you get a percentage of the ads that appear or do you actually charge people watch like to get the access pay-per-view well that's
3: that's a really good question i don't think we have a show long enough to come cope with the answer (laughs) for all of that but i'll give you a summary um i I think it's from a number of different ways so when you talk about monetization um you're talking about it from an event organizer's point of view and they can sell sponsorship they can um, have sponsors actually sponsoring the tournament so it can become the intel extreme masters for example or the, the next gfinity championship or whatever okay um but but really it's about Brands who want to get involved want exposure for their brand to a very specific niche audience. And when I say niche, I'm still talking, you know, millions and millions of people. But I'm talking about the demographic. And our demographic is very strongly associated with 16 to 30-year-olds. So, you know, the millennials, as we call them now. Mm. Uh, and these people, in in fact, Gfinity last year, my, the company I work for right now, um, our viewership last year, 90% of the people that tuned in were aged 16 to 29. Mm. 90%. If you compare that to the English Premier League, over the whole season, less than 10% of that same audience watched English football in the UK. That's crazy. That's so we have a, a, a massive open access to these kind of people but the problem they have is that these people are very savvy they're very smart they're very switched on they're very demanding so you have to be very clever about how you advertise and and sometimes what happens is is that a company a brand will come into esports and think it's just like traditional sport they can just throw loads of advertising at it and it just doesn't work and there's a reason for that these these people as I said they're savvy they want to know what you're doing why are you doing this is it for an ulterior motive um, or are you genuinely passionate about their video game and their sport? And so when people come in and they, they're very organic and very active, then they tend to get a really good set of feedback. So early adopters, Red Bull, Monster, mm-hmm. those kind of companies, they're already involved in esports and have been for you know, four or five years already. But we're seeing all sorts of different companies come in because they cannot advertise in a traditional way on TV or radio like they used to to the same demographic. I mean, American Express is a great example. Why on earth would American Express advertise to 16 to 29-year-olds? doesn't make any sense. I could see that. They're, they're, you know, their background is over 50 business travellers, CEOs, MDs, marketing executives, and what have you. But they've already figured out that tomorrow's MDs and CA, CEOs and marketing chiefs and all the rest of it are today's 16 to 29-year-olds. And they want to put money into a, an activity that those same people enjoy now and i i think it's a genius piece of advertising and branding because they've sponsored league of legends they've allowed people to have teemo which is one of the he, one, of, one of the characters from the game plastered on a card that's on amazing. the American express mm-hmm. card and you can actually have that in your wallet right so that's that's a really cool thing for the nerds brilliant but- <laughs> well and the non-nerds
2: oh, ooh, we just lost i
0: think we just lost him we actually have to wrap this up um well, um, so basically, I think quickly um, from your side, Steve. Give us a website. Give us somewhere where we can go, or the listeners can go to get more involved in this. Um, and maybe we can have a quick little follow-up on Twitter afterwards from Paul. Sure.
2: So um, if you if you want to kind of get onto the league site and start registering a profile and that kind of stuff, it's digitalgamingleague.co.za. And if you want to find out all the news and what's happening, that stuff, just go to telcomgaming.coza.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much. Brett, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, keep your screens clean and your knob shiny.
3: Cliffcentral.com.